Hi, welcome to Siblinghood of Recovery. Hi, how are you? Angie Reno here, and I haven't recorded in a while because I took some time off over Thanksgiving. I got out of town and I just hung out with friends. I didn't see any relatives. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, but back in the swing of things, Christmas season is here. I celebrate Christmas and holidays, relatives and triggers. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not if it's, it's when, when is it going to happen? And I confess I had, I had a big one this weekend and oh man, it's just, it's hard, you know, it's hard. So I'm kind of digging into this, um, fresh off the, the experience, so to speak. And the biggest thing that came out of it is I have so much work to do. I am, when it comes to this one circumstance, I'm not healthy and I, I, I'm raising my hand. I'm admitting it. I've got to kind of do a lot of different things. So the interesting part of this podcast is I'm going to kind of structure my own, uh, (laughs) self-healing. So talk about being transparent, but yeah, so the biggest part that I, when I'm doing my research about triggers, is understanding first and foremost where the person on the other side of the trigger is coming from. That's sometimes that's hard to do. So let's talk about intention. Some of the great meditation concepts that I've been looking at is what is your, what is your goal? And a lot of times in my meditation, I will do something simple like transparency, especially if I'm working on a big project. I want to know how I can get to the core part of that project. And, and I do work with a lot of data, a lot of information. So transparency is awesome for me to focus on. In addition, it's also something that I want in my relationships. And that's hard to get because people have their armor. They've been through trauma and they want to protect their heart. And that's just being human, right? So I'm going to do something within this exercise. I'm going to assume that the intent is positive. I can't go down the road of assuming somebody's intent is negative. And if you're in that situation, please get help as soon as possible with a licensed therapist or a licensed therapeutic team, because that is something that where you feel unsafe. And you need to get some educated and licensed uh, professionals to help you out and help you process that as soon as possible. So going back to intent and assuming that it's, it's positive, we identify what the person is reflecting to us or asking of us. And it could be a trigger from a previous trauma. Let's take, for example, Hey, can, I'm going to do something really simple. Hey, can you please pick up, you know, your shoes from the floor and put them in the shoe rack? Maybe there was a previous argument about shoes and the beauty of the brain, but also the challenge of the brain is that the brain remembers a lot of stuff subconsciously. 
So your synopsis might be, oh my God, with shoes, you know, that could be what your brain focused on in that argument, the shoes, not on the shoe rack. And if you hear really heavy breathing, that's my boxer Duke. <laughs> he's, he's so funny. Anyway, uh, yeah. So let's go back to, you know, the shoes being the trigger and maybe your first response is, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to go outside right now. I'm using my shoes right now. You know, give me a break. Right. And that might be how I responded <laughs> to something over the weekend. I don't know. I do know it is. And, uh, yeah, I didn't do well with that. And instead of looking at the ask, right? Or the statement. I'm like, you know, I've been here before. I don't want to go here again. I can feel myself getting triggered. And as I'm saying something, as I'm reacting, I'm like, oh, I'm doing it. So what's good is I'm starting to say, okay, okay, let me, let me take it, take a step back. Just give me some space and, and let me think about this, about what you're asking. It wasn't about shoes, but well, let me think about what you're asking of me. And let me just, you know, I'm, I'm going to, step back and and you can hear I'm kind of, you know, taking a breath in, which leads me to my second part of this is that if you can start focusing on your own system, how's your breathing? How's your heart rate? How do you feel? Do you feel stressed? So what I've started to do is, you know, take a big breath in, deep breath, and then blow out you know, just slowly. And instead of me talking about or or demonstrating my breathing exercises, again, I'm going to reference Huberman Lab. There is a great about five minute YouTube. I'll put the link in my show notes with Tim Ferriss and Andrew Huberman talking about breathing and how you can actually calm your nervous system. Now, the irony about breathing is if you do too much of it, you're going to excite yourself. So there is a, there is a technique and I'll put the link in the show notes and then, you know, try to work on that. Another, another aspect of this is kind of, if you can remove yourself, even just, you know, for a couple minutes, just like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to walk the dog. Or if you have cats, I'm going to go check on the mail real quick or, you know, go look outside. I thought I saw something, get, get some fresh air, try to mo- remove yourself neutrally from the situation. Don't do what I do sometimes. It's like, I just, I, I got to step away from this. <laughs> I mean, I wish sometimes my brain would have a better filter. I'm getting there, right? So you just say, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I thought I saw something outside. Hold on one second. You just step outside, get some air, start thinking about it. You know, what happened? Here's the tough part. This is where you have to identify why you're getting triggered. I know why I got triggered. I could identify it. And I realized that I have history with that, that, that person, that trigger. And I have to recognize that. But then I also have to recognize that I must work on the pattern that existed prior comparative to what exists today. I've got to create a new pattern. And it's not necessarily for the trigger. It's not necessarily for the person. It's for me. So 
I don't get stressed out. So I don't react. So I don't do the wrong thing and either overcompensate or undercompensate or not provide a cohesive and positive solution to whatever is being asked at the time or whatever situation is being presented. And at the end of the day, at the very end of the day, it's, it's for me. It's so I get better, so I can be calm, so I can not get upset, angry, stressed out. Okay, so to recap, you have the trigger, identifying the trigger. The trigger happens. You have the calming technique. That could be walking. There's a lot of studies out right now about ecotherapy. I'll put some links in the show notes. People are researching and finding benefits to walking outside, walking in nature. It's calming. It's great for mental health. The third step is identifying the trigger to the point of resolution. You want to to take on what is triggering you and you want to understand why. Most of the time you're going to find out that there is a trauma attached to that trigger, which is why you're going to need a licensed therapist to go through that identification of that trigger. I am working with a NARM therapist, a neuroaffective relational model therapist, and it's excellent because I can say, hey, you know, (laughs) I've got this trigger and this is what happened. And so we go from that moment, we talk about the feeling that I had at that moment. What is that feeling reminding me of? And just we work through how I'm processing that one reaction. It is a definite integration of nervous system and relational orientation. So that's why I'm kind of focusing on the breathing, recognizing the signals inside your body. And then how are you relating to that situation? How are you relating to the comment or that person? There is another Huberman Lab podcast that I've got a reference. It's called Erasing Fear and Trauma. And I am going to go to the scientific studies. I'm going to go to the scientific publications because when you learn more about what is physically happening inside of you with that trauma within that relationship, you can break it down and you can recognize that there is a possibility for healing. And the Huberman lab team, Andrew Huberman goes into how you can take that trauma and gradually erase that fear because the fear is what's triggering you. You don't want to go through it again. I did go to the evoke therapy, finding you intensive. And I searched Brad Reedy evoke therapy podcast and anger. And because I really want to know what is the underlying cause of the trigger, but I also want to know what benefits does frustration or anger provide the person. And there's a fantastic article that I found. It's, um, I'll put it in the show notes, but I'm going to do a blog on it this, this weekend. It is from Tina Armstrong, Sarah Schnitger, and Justin Barrett, PhD. They are from the Fuller Theological Seminary Graduate School of Psychology. It really goes into how anger can be constructive or it can be deconstructive. You are either going to learn from your anger or the anger is going to 
hurt you. It's that simple. Um, they say it much more eloquently than I am right now with a passage on duration and intensity of the anger or the dispute. There's a great sentence in here that Lorson and Hartle, 215, 2015, espouse that positive growth is facilitated by constructive conflicts. Conversely, hindered relational, effective, and behavioral adjustment is associated with frequent destructive conflicts. There's a lot in that sentence. And what it comes down to is that if you do have a conflict, that can actually lead to constructive growth. When those conflicts are continuous, frequent, then that's where it becomes destructive. So there is a benefit to being triggered. If you go into identifying the trigger and attempting to resolve whatever's triggering you within yourself. And that is the key, right? This is where I come to, you know, it is hard to look in the mirror. It is hard to take inventory of what is making us upset, what is making us mad, angry, hurt. You know, what is painful? That's a tough inventory. That's actually that's actually a step in the step program. You know, and when I got triggered this weekend, I got to be honest with you. I realized that I've got to I've got to redo a couple of steps in my step program, and that's okay. You know, I'm I'm willing to do the work. It's not easy, but I'm definitely willing to do the work because of my kids. And um, you know, my qualifier who is my older son, he has a an SUD substance use disorder. He's he's doing really well right now. You know, he's it's one day at a time for us. And um, it, it's been amazing to watch him grow. But what what my trigger involved in inside myself actually, you know, hurt my younger son. And I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. And I've already, what's really cool is I've already apologized. It's like, mom, you got this, you know, <laughs> so, do your therapy thing, right? Which is great because you know, he can work on his boundary too. So again, identify, calm, and then seek to resolve that trigger. All right. I'm going to leave you with one more item to look up. And this is Harriet Lerner. And she's got a book. I'm actually going to order it as a result of listening to Brad Reedy's Evoke Therapy uh, podcast. It's called The Dance of Anger. Just some background on Dr. Harriet Lerner, and I'll put her the link to her website on my sh- in my show notes. She has an undergrad from University of Wisconsin in Madison. She majored in psychology and East Indian studies. She has spent some time in, in Delhi, India. She received an MA from Teachers Co- College of Columbia University and a PhD in clinical psychology from the City University of New York. I love to get research that supports some of these practical applications that I learn from reading all these wonderful books on SUDs, substance use disorders, how parents can help their kids through this, and the often encouraged process of how parents really need to do their own work if they want to help their kids 
to the best of their ability. So yeah, I mean, triggers are going to happen. It's the holidays. You know, you're going to think about it on the drive to the family gathering, the dinner, the jibes here and there of what we have or what we don't have, right? So when somebody tells you to get your shoes off the floor and put it in the shoe rack where they belong, just, you know, I I, I don't know what to tell you about that one. Because <laughs> obviously, based on this weekend, yeah, I got some more work to do. So listen, I'm going to leave you guys with that. It's a beautiful season if we're blessed enough to share it with our family and if we're blessed enough to be healthy and strong and complaining about each other. Maybe there's a gift in that, right? And uh, yeah, so do your own work. Check out my website, www.siblinghoodofrecovery.com. I'll see you on Instagram. And remember, you got this. All right. Have a great rest of the week. 